experts are saying that loneliness is as bad for your health as smoking about 15 cigarettes a day. Yeah, that is true. And yet, loneliness is the sad reality of our modern day life. Loneliness occurs when we find our social interactions to be unsatisfactory. It's also important to distinguish loneliness from social isolation. Social isolation is the absence of physical contact with other people. So whenever the COVID-19 pandemic started, we had to go through a season of social isolation, the quarantine. And by being quarantined, we were isolated from other people. This exacerbated loneliness for people that were already facing challenges with this issue. Even many people who had never had issues with loneliness reported that they felt lonely while we're going through the quarantine. So I'm curious, how did you feel during this season? You know, how did you get through the quarantine? I'll leave a link in the description box and you can share your experiences with me by clicking on the link and leaving me a voicemail. So on this episode of my podcast, I'll continue our series on loneliness But today, we're going to focus on how the COVID-19 pandemic, how that exacerbated the issue of loneliness. I'll highlight the overall health implications, but more specifically, the mental health challenges that we face navigating this pandemic. So with the agenda set for today, I want to welcome you to the Brave with Eve podcast. This is an oasis for those walking the brave path of personal growth and healing. Each weekly episode aims to educate, to encourage, and to empower you as you combat the challenges that life throws your way in this broken world. I'm your host, Eve. I'm so excited that we're continuing this eight-week series on understanding loneliness and how we can make meaningful connections. Today is week three out of eight. Last week was incredible and I went over just the discipline of solitude and how you can harness it as a tool for healing. So today I'll continue with a focus on how loneliness affects our well-being, especially in light of the COVID-19 pandemic. We're also in the holiday season right now, and it's a time where we get to celebrate family, community, and our connections. And so the reality of isolation and the disconnect that we have, you know, in our relationships, it can really be intense during this holiday season. So talking about this issue now is perfect in so many ways because we're living in a season where were affected by it, whether be it COVID or just be it the holiday seasons that we're navigating right now. So for the first part, I'll start by highlighting some personal ways that this pandemic, you know, has affected us and also our relationships. Secondly, we'll look at the overall health implications and more specifically, the mental health implications that current research on this issue is highlighting. Lastly, I'll explore the different approaches that we can have on this issue. 
we look at what they're doing on the national level and what we can do on a personal level. So let's get started. So this first part, the personal level, it's very important because, you know, the, the season of quarantine, it was so unexpected. COVID just hit and we had to respond to that. So this unintentional season of quarantine, the social isolation, and just the resulting loneliness that came with it, it had to make many people to pause, you know, and take a good look at their lives. I know this was true for me because I really had to take a look in my life during that season of isolation. You know, maybe you had that experience too. I felt like a lot of what I'm doing right now, the education and even the advocacy with this Brave with Eve movement, a lot of this really was stirred in my heart during the quarantine. I had to deal with just a lot of different things that I feel like I had set aside and I had suppressed for years. So number one, you know, the isolation, it forces us to look or to concentrate on our individuality. We get to look at our strengths, our weaknesses, opportunities for growth. We even get to assess our coping strategies. You know, the rate for alcohol consumption just it increased drastically with the pandemic. A friend of mine who works in the rehab actually shared that they were having like a surge of people coming in with relapses and also a lot of new onset alcoholics because people just could not handle it. It was just too much going on at one time. You know, the economic insecurity, you're not sure if that next paycheck is going to come in or if your job is going to be there tomorrow and then the health part of it so there were a lot of things going on add on to that family dynamics it was intense the second thing on that personal level is just that the pandemic it actually helped unveil the depth and the strength of our relationships you know not being busy anymore maybe being home and not having that regular job, maybe even losing your job. You're spending the same time at home with your spouse, with kids, or maybe even alone. And it also helps us to kind of look and assess our relationships. Being forced to be in the same space, not having the schedules as busy as they used to be. We all had to assess our relationships. Who are the real people that were supporting you during this time? You know, maybe those you thought had your back, maybe even family let you down. You may have been the one to always help others. And now, since you weren't able to help anymore, there was like anger and resentment projected at you instead of understanding that you were going through a hard time as well. This pandemic has really revealed a lot. You know, I had to homeschool for the first time and that was an eye opener for me. You know, I have newfound respect for teachers and educators. You know, my dad was a teacher, was an elementary school teacher. And I think to some extent, I'm an educator at heart. But homeschooling really made me rethink all of it. And so I want to do a quick shout out to the teachers. You guys do an incredible job. Though this list of personal challenges is 
extensive it's actually not exhaustive we all know of the different personal things that we've had to face this year but i want us to move on to part two of what we have to talk about today and that is the health challenges that we we face going through this pandemic you know just the threat of covid itself was enough you know the obvious fact that we were navigating a public health crisis and doing that in isolation that's enough to kick anybody in the butt but we're going through just a very difficult season you know the last three years has been very tough and you know you should pat yourself in the back for still standing yes you may be struggling today even as i speak but it is worth celebrating yourself for just being able to come through. There's so many people that lost their lives through this pandemic. So many people that lost themselves in this pandemic. And so to be able to go through it, to be standing, going through this healing journey, you know, embracing learning and change, kudos to you. Kudos to you for doing that. So with these health implications, I want to divide it into two parts. The first part of it would just be the side effects of loneliness in general. And the second part of it, we're really going to see what the current research is saying about COVID-19 and loneliness. So for the first part, the side effects of loneliness in general. Like I mentioned at the start of this podcast, experts are actually saying that Loneliness is as detrimental to your health as smoking about 15 cigarettes a day. While the general attitude is that we shun smoking in a bit to preserve our health and our well-being, it's rather interesting that we allow chronic loneliness to linger in our lives without taking serious action against it. Even more so, we allow toxic relationships to fester. You know, and this is very, very detrimental to our overall well-being. Some of the side effects, documented side effects of loneliness includes a weakened immune system. Who wants a weakened immune system in the midst of a pandemic? Nobody wants that. It also shows the secretion of more stress hormones, chronic inflammation, elevated blood pressure and even the risk for heart disease, muscle tension, and you can sense that or see that with increasing amounts of headaches and migraines, decreased energy, poor memory, just a brain fog that just lingers, mood disorders like depression, weight gain, poor sleep, impaired social connections you know it's difficult to make connections from a place where you're already lonely it's almost as if it's easier not to try to make connections at all which is actually what's going to help you get out of that place so it's just a a sad you know setup where you need the connections but you just don't have the strength to engage in them the last part that I really want you to kind of pay attention to and even look into your own life and see if this is something that took root is that loneliness makes you more open to risky behaviors. 
risky behaviors like heavy drinking, drug use, and you can see how you can already be in a difficult place and everything just sets you up to fail. Now, for the second part of the health implications, we're going to look specifically at the mental health implications of COVID-19 and loneliness. You know, I've been in the health sector for over the last 10 years, and as a healthcare worker working in the front lines, I can tell you that this is something that we observe, you know, but at the same time, research backs this as well. So, um, a systematic review on COVID-19 and loneliness literature by the researchers Pei and Vela, they highlight these three conclusions that I think is important for you to know. Number one, it says that loneliness has indeed had an impact on the mental health and overall well-being of the general adult population. But we know that already because we can see it. Number two, that the COVID-19 pandemic has had an impact on loneliness as well. So the isolation has worsened. It's even more obvious within older adults that are no longer in their communities like they normally would do life. We see it across the spectrum, not just older adults, but in every age group, the issue of loneliness has become more exacerbated with the pandemic. The last and most important part, it says, loneliness is positively associated with mental illness, particularly the exacerbation of anxiety and depressive disorders. And so I had a friend, maybe just an acquaintance who was talking to, talking to me the other day. I can't talk this morning. I don't know what's going on. So he, they were talking to me and they mentioned that their anxiety worsened over the pandemic. And that just had me, it got me thinking about the research and everything I'd been reading about. Part of it is just the uncertainty of life but another thing is just the isolation. You start getting into your own head, you know, and all of these things that you fight in that personal space, they all add up. And you see a lot of people depressed. In fact, I've never seen a time where there were as many people committing suicide. You know, even within elite communities and even, I mean, it doesn't, there's no specific distinction you know in terms of age groups or even in terms of you know what ethnicity or just the economic factor of it it doesn't matter how much money you're making everybody is really affected with this issue since many people are not able to go visit their doctors in person you know, maybe because of fear of being sick or just because appointments are difficult to have. Virtual visits have actually become more popular. And we can see a documented amount, like an increase in the mental health televisits just from the year 2000, 2020 to 2021. So that demand for these services, the demand for mental health services, it reinforces the fact that people are suffering mentally. 
And it's actually great that people choose to seek help because it's very, very important. We need to break the stigma and just the overall silence on mental health issues so people can have the access to the help that they need. You know, there's been a general trend of an increased awareness during this pandemic of mental health challenges and also an acceptance towards people that choose to seek help. It, it hasn't always been that way. And so that has been something positive coming out of the pandemic as well. So as we have looked at the first part, which was the personal uh, implications, and the second part, which was the health implications, specifically the mental health implications for COVID-19 and loneliness, we move on to the third part of what we have to cover today, which is how do we approach these issues? How do we go from here? What is being done at the national level to combat some of these things and what is being done or well, what can we do at the personal level? Well, at the national level, though the U.S. government actually admits that loneliness is a health concern, there are no specific national level campaigns to address this issue. There are other initiatives like Letters Against Isolation and you know other community meetups there are other campaigns, I think Opera ran one of such campaigns, but it is not something that is from the national level. I think with such an issue, leadership from the top on such an issue is, is very much needed. You know, across the pond, looking at the UK, they seem to be doing a lot more about this issue of loneliness. They're taking it a lot more seriously and rightfully so. A UK Minister for Loneliness was appointed in 2018. That's how far ahead they are really on this issue. And they had a very specific focus. The focus, the reason why they were hired was to tackle social and health issues that are caused by social isolation. So I think they were better poised to handle the pandemic from that standpoint, you know. And then also we have countries like Australia and Switzerland and some other European countries that are coming along and taking this issue seriously like they really should. Even as we wait on the government to do something about it, on a personal level, I feel like there's certain things that we can do as well. The first is just by being aware. You know, that's why I choose to make this podcast to be a reflective space where you're actually invited to learn about these issues and also to clarify how you think about them and to see opportunities for how you can apply it in your life. Knowledge is power and so the awareness is, is very very important. So even as we learn about it, you know, as we talk about it, we have to go beyond the talking to the doing and so there's actual work that needs to be put in place we have to do the work it takes work to overcome challenges like this on a personal level and also as a community and doing that work means you know doing the work it takes to build meaningful 
relationships. So this is the holiday season. Doing the work might mean something like maybe start by calling your friends and family, people that you've lost touch with and haven't gotten in touch with for a hot minute. You can also invite someone to your home for Christmas dinner, someone who otherwise will spend the holidays alone. And you just by making that, you know, just by opening our homes and opening our hearts even to people, we're already doing a lot to promote connectedness within our communities. There's also the responsibility on the person who is lonely to actually reach out. Yes, it, it's, it takes vulnerability to do that, but it's the only way that you get to leave that negative space. People might reach out to you, but sometimes you have to do the work to crawl out of that negative dark space and find the light. And you know, lastly, if the darkness seems to be closing it, please seek expert help. You know, there's so many resources available for you to be able to pursue, you know, your mental health goals. So please never ever feel bad about having to seek that extra additional professional support. You know, even as we talk about all of this, whenever I really look at an area where we're suffering or an area where we're struggling, it always exposes an aspect of God's wisdom that we are neglecting. And as I considered our topic for today, one of the things that came to me that I wanted to highlight was how we're grappling with the issue of loneliness but I really feel like it's because one of the most important resources that God gave us, the local church, is not operating at maximum capacity. What do I mean? First, if we, as the saints of God, if we live up to our maximum capacity, then join together as a body of Christ, we would be able to live according to how God has stipulated. And that, that creates an environment where our needs are met. Because if, like a Christian, you feel disconnected everywhere else, and even amongst brethren, even within the church, that is a big concern. When I hear stories of coldness in the church or stories of outright rejection within the church, it just makes my heart cringe because we have failed to really live up to the standard. And today, I really want to invite us to that place of heart change to posture our hearts rightly before God. Let me invite you to, um, let's look at Philippians 4 verse 1. Okay, and I want to show you just the type of love and community that was in the early church so you can see where that disconnect is and where we have that room for growth. So this is Paul talking in Philippians 4 verse 1. He said, therefore, my brothers, that's a term of endearment. He said, therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my crown and my joy 
you know he's not talking about them like they're an inconvenience you know or they're just people that he doesn't cherish no these are strong words of endearment that he uses towards the brethren towards the saints of god therefore my brothers whom i love and long for my joy and crown stand firm thus in the lord my beloved so they're standing firm in god it was about god's business it wasn't about their own in individual needs like when we go to church we often think about what we need we don't often think about the responsibility that we've been given as beloved of god a lot of us know philippians chapter 4 but we actually know the verse 6 which says do not be anxious about anything but in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God that is the verse that we often read and this is actually portraying our posture before God but before this in verse 1 and 2 it's also inviting you into that that the right it's also letting you know the right posture between each other because verse 2 says, I entreat Eodia and I entreat Sinti. Man, some of these Bible names, I don't even know how to read them. To agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. You sense the depth in their relationships and the fact that they knew each other and that they worked together. Paul ends this letter in verse 21 by saying this, Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. He doesn't just talk about the body in terms of the whole body of Christ. He even goes down to the specific household. So we could even be in church and you don't know the next person beside you. You don't even know their name. Talk less know about what specific household they're from. And you know, isolation has crept from outside, you know, as a community and it's crept into the church. It wasn't meant to be like that. I don't think God's design for us to come together was so that we could live independent, separate lives within the body. You know, there's just a way that we have to come together if we're going to fight the common issues that is affecting us in this season. And, you know, COVID-19 was really an opportunity for the church to minister to the world. And there's so many ministers that led the way in such a brave manner and that did so well in that aspect of loving and evangelizing and paving the way and providing proper leadership but you know there were also so many churches that fell short and this is really just room for us to grow even with things gradually getting back to normal you know, some people have had like a distrust for the church and you ask people and some of them don't even in turn going back to the church, you know, but 
there has to be that emphasis on why we need you know the local church it, yes our relationship with god one-on-one -on -one is essential but there are also some part of our growth that only happens when we're in community so as highlighted in the text that i just read the fellowship of the saints being able to be in community the first thing is that everyone matters every saint matters there's no big person there's no small person within the body of christ we all matter number two is that it's a holy fellowship so we don't come together according to the patterns of the world we come together to behold a holy and a righteous god so whatever we do in that meeting yes it's imperfect people meeting but we are set aside for god's glory the third thing is that it's focused on christ it's always about giving god the glory and whenever we fall short of this we just need to come back to that place of repentance because when we make it about god's business when he is glorified then we ourselves we find true fulfillment being in the fellowship of the saints and as this relationship is built then it gives us an opportunity to be able to receive support because the problem is we want support but we don't want the role we don't want the responsibility of building the community we it cannot it cannot be where we just come in we get help and we go somebody has to be there with a servant heart to serve and to give and to be able to provide that support when it's needed the fellowship of the saints is also a growing fellowship so we're growing from one level to another and the mistakes that can be made today you know because we're in that growth process and therefore there has to be room for forgiveness yes hurt there's hurt everywhere and people that have experienced it say church hurt hurts more than any other type of hurt so even when we go through those glitches as the body of christ we are commissioned to forgive so we give grace according to the abundance by which we have received it and so even as we conclude the episode today my exhortation is that as the body of christ we can rise up to be that place of support that we as individuals can have a living and a thriving relationship with god and also with one another like i mentioned on the last podcast our vertical relationship with god needs to be right but also that horizontal relationship with each other needs to be right and if this is put in practice within the church then our needs our the longings of our hearts as human beings those basic needs can be met within the confines of the church if we interact as god has laid it out in his wisdom and word for us to do but it is really heartbreaking if we are christians if we are saints if we are empowered by the holy spirit and yet we still live crippled 
you know, by the same issues that plague everybody else. We have the power. And if we implement these things in our lives, we'll be able to see the difference. We'll be able to see God breathe life in us through the relationships that he blesses with us within his body. So even as we conclude today by considering the ways in which the local church can be a resource to help those who are going through a low season or just to help us combat this loneliness and this disconnect, this social disconnect, I want to highlight also some responsibilities or things that we can do to feel better plugged in into the local church. This is actually a very pertinent and a timely message for me because throughout the pandemic and coming into this season, as a family, we're also looking to to plant ourselves in a local church. There's been that disconnect within this pandemic and as everything is going back to normal and then also with the children, we're also looking to place ourselves in a place where we will be able to grow and thrive. And so these things apply to me, even as they apply to you as I'm sharing right now. Number one is just to be involved in some sort of a small group. The most growth in my life, you know, initially when I first gave my life to Christ, it came out of being in that place of fellowship with, you know, my other ladies at the group every Wednesday night. I was there every Wednesday night for about maybe a couple of years while I stayed in that town. And it was just a time of revival and rejuvenating for me. Number two is that we commit ourselves to the saints, to just that community by working through relational problems. So when you do get into it when you do get into any type of glitch with a fellow brother you deal with it and you know part of the thing that you know we forget to understand is forgiveness is really important it releases that burden from you but sometimes just because you forgive doesn't mean you have to be in that same environment you know for our preservation we always have to ask for god's direction on how to move on a specific area And then the last part of it is that we can commit ourselves to one another by serving. In fact, when you commit yourself to serving within the body of Christ, that is the greatest gift you can give because you open your heart to the Holy Spirit to use your giftings and your talents to impact other people. So sometimes when we struggle, the initial thought might be for us to receive support. But again, you might realize that trying to give from a place that you don't even have sometimes can open the doors for you to discover new strength, you know, new dreams, new goals, and it can even stir your heart because you could be waiting for somebody else to do something and nobody does that. But once you start doing it, you realize that you have people coming alongside you so there's a multiple ways that we can approach this issue of loneliness but one of the ways that really resonates with me is elevating the body of christ to carry out its mandate caring for the saints like it should and that comes with the saints having a posture 
that is of humility first towards God and also towards one another. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, I pray for our hearts and our posture before you. Help us, O oh God, to have servant hearts, to give our best and to love others, to love the saints that you have put in our sphere of influence, to love everyone that comes our way. Lord, I pray that you help us to be planted and do your work, Father. Help us to keep our hearts pure. Every seed of pride, every seed of covetousness, every seed of just an unhealthy competition, every seed of self-righteousness. Lord, every seed that negatively impacts how we relate with each other, Lord, I pray that you begin to convict us in that area and you just put, put it in our hearts to repent of it, Lord, and rig ourselves of it in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray even for your body of Christ, for the church. Pray, Father, that you expose the wolves. Pray, Father God in heaven, that let them be consumed in their own wickedness. Preserve your sheep, O oh God. We live in dangerous times where there's so many negative things happening within the church. But you, O oh God, have said that you will set apart those that are yours. And so, Lord, I pray that you preserve your children even in such a period of time that we're going through. I pray that you breathe the desire to love one another, breathe your love over us, that you teach us to love unconditionally, just as Christ showed his love for us by laying down his life. Thank you, Father. Let your will be done in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So as we conclude the episode for today, I hope that your heart was enlightened. I hope that the issues we talked about, about loneliness, about the negative effects of it, also helps to pivot your heart towards looking at our ultimate source, which is God, of course, and the grace and the provisions that he's already made for us. So if you stuck with me till the end, I just wanted to say thank you for your support. I want you to share this with others, like, comment, give me some feedback, and I hope you have a blessed week. Bye-bye.